Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you're listening, around the world, this is Sedona Talk Radio. Hello, hello, you all out there in the big world. This is Helena Steiner Hornstein with Our Wondrous World, the show that comes on once a week and stays with you in the archives. And I am now not in Miami. I am instead up in the high north with the ice and the cold, and I'm looking out through the window, and I see snow falling, and uh, it's, it's very, very cold. And anyone who knows me well, they know I don't like cold weather. I shouldn't say I don't like because we should like everything a little bit, but I really prefer not to be in cold weather. Well, I know many of you are also in cold weather. I have been so blessed for so long um, not being in the cold weather, but I know most of my listeners are probably in cold weather right now, so we feel we are together in a sort of togetherness. I am today going to be without a guest. I'm going to have uh, uh, to answer some uh, or quite a few email questions that have come up to me uh, through the weeks and the months. And the first one I find here is one from Igor. Igor lives in Moscow, and he's first wondering uh, where in the United States I'm located, and I am in Miami. You must have missed that. I'm in Miami, Miami, when I'm in the United States. And Igor in Moscow is evidently uh, some kind of holistic um, uh, health uh, therapist. Uh, And he says, how can I be better in my practice? I already use different holistic uh, health uh, systems in in my work. And then I'm saying, Igor, uh, you already wrote in the email that you are using your intuition, and that's great. You know, I think that is the foundation for what you can do with your practice to improve your trust in your in your uh, intuition. You already have been taught the other things. And in Russia, when I've been in Russia, I've been impressed by the old uh, housewives' tales uh, methods, or should I say folklore methods, how to get well. And that, of course, has been in a country where you haven't had, or you haven't been able to attend to medical treatments as much as maybe in, in, in America. So you have used all kinds of other ways, and you have used magnets, and you have used the herbs, and you used the teas. And I've seen that. How many of my friends in Russia, they were out in the summer, out in the fields, picking various flowers, and they mixed that with their tea, with their black tea, and got their own house remedies. And some of these remedies, they say, oh, that's good for cold, and that's good for your stomach, and so on. So they have known that from the old ages. So, of course, that's what you practice. But how you can get better is that you you believe in your intuition. And how do you believe in your intuition a little bit more? When you work with people, and I can say that out of my own experience, I suddenly get those messages coming to me. 
And you should trust those messages. But before you work, you should always send out the message to the universe that you only want the highest good. You don't want to to pick up on people's um, fears and you don't want to put up their doubts. You just want to pick up on the good stuff, so to speak. And that is how you protect yourself in moving ahead. Always send out the message, you only want the highest good. It's very easy to channel, may I tell you. It's very easy to channel any kind of information. But the the trick is to be able to channel the high information, the good information, the, the, the happy information, and not to pick up on those low energies that are floating around us. And as you know, I believe in energy. I believe that everything around us is energy. And if you don't believe in that, well, you shouldn't listen to me any time ever again because I truly believe we are completely founded on energy. We started off as being energy in every little way. So, uh, so Igor, trust your intuition even a little bit more. And just be calm about it. And when you see little images, some people get images and others just get messages in, in words. So trust your your intuition and your images or whatever you're getting. But always send out the, I am looking for the highest good. And then this here from United States, I don't know where, from where, but his name is Mike. And he simply said, what do you feel about the tough times? Yes, I feel a lot about the tough times, uh, like we all do. Our tough times are not here to stay because they never have been here to stay. They have come and they have passed by. And uh, there is a minister, what is it, Robert Schuller, he says, tough times never last, but tough people do. And that is maybe a principle you should live according uh, to because when you're tough, you survive, you make it. And you know that that feeling of being true to yourself and not to accept any of those other feelings of fear or of doubt again because that can really do you in. That, that can be very, very destructive for you. What I feel about the tough times, well, I hate it with the way the media is keeping on saying how bad it is. And also they have, it's good to have all the survival programs, how we should cope with tough times. But to put that fear into our minds, that's really not very good. Historically, we've had tough times. And being European, we know, you know, in Europe we've had tough times, we've had wars, but we also have had times of famine, of really difficult times. But we have survived. You know, humanity didn't go under. Humanity survived. I um, compare it the way it is right now with maybe a hurricane. And that is happening right now. You know, hurricane, a big, violent storm. And before the hurricane, there are always warnings. There are signs of warnings and there are times of preparations. But I don't think we listen to those warnings this time. 
and maybe we'd never have listened to those times. We'd just have kept on living the good days. And I think this would be maybe some kind of clean-up time when we get rid of the wrong values and instead start to look at other values out there. And maybe also what we are seeing within politics and the finance, the world of finance, that there is a clean-up time. There's a storm, there's a hurricane blowing right through that too. And, and people disappear who shouldn't have been there in the first place. And the ones who are now surviving are the ones, hopefully, who are going in for different values. And what I feel here, and there's another question that's tied to this one. It's come from Dorothy. Dorothy is in Ohio. Okay. (laughs) Hello, Dorothy. I'm also in Ohio. I'm just up on the lake, North Lake here. And um, here she says, do bailouts help? And we're coming back to that again, what we have said before. You know, you have to look at things not only financially. It's great to help out with money. It's, it's a quickie help. But is it long and everlasting? I'm comparing that with, you know, sending help to third world countries. And I think it's good. We should do that. And they need that help. But instead of sending them maybe the packs of cereal and so on, maybe we should send them the grain and they should be taught how to put that grain in the ground and to cultivate it and to nurture it and take care of it and then to harvest that grain and then do this more and more. So now they will have their own grain and they will employ people and they will know what to do with it instead of just sending that immediate help. And that's what we have been doing now. Maybe this is a chance for for instance, the automobile industry, to change those cars to something that is more, uh, you know, environmentally friendly instead of building cars that are great for the oil companies. You know, there are so many ways of helping the world or helping each other instead of this immediate bailout. And, of course, when we sit in dire need and, you know, we people or people out there don't have food and we don't have roof over our heads, of course you need the immediate help. But then we have to change the system. So that is what I'm thinking about the bailout myself. And uh, then I have someone who asks, who listens to the show? (laughs) Well, Blog Talk Radio, what is it, up with 4 million uh, listeners all over the world. I have been told that my program with Sedona Talk Radio has the widest um, range of international uh, listeners, which is great. Listeners are between 34 to 55 years old, more women than men, but that is expected because with us here we are more on a spiritual level. And in my seminars, in my lectures, there are always more women. And uh, that's uh, what what we have talked about. Women are more geared towards using the spiritual muscle, and men are more geared towards using the physical muscle. Nothing to talk about. It's just the way it is. And um, but that's interesting to know. So the people who listen to our shows 
are the ones out there in the working force, out there being parents, out there being active in the world. And that's great that you are listening to us. Uh, Bailas had that. And uh, then uh, I get so many of these questions. My best friend or my daughter or my mother or my husband, etc., uh, etc., et are very sick, and they have been told they're going to die within a certain amount of time. And then I get that question, can you help them? And, you know, I don't know what to do with these questions. Shall I send an answer back or shall I not? Because, first of all, the way it works is that when you are sick, first of all, come just before you've been told you have another week to live. Come beforehand. Uh, you can combine spirituality with medical treatment. It works very, very well. But it's better that the one who needs the treatment comes to me and says, hello, my name is Betty Myers. I am 35 years old. I have been diagnosed as this. I am usually a happy person, but I'm a little depressed these days. Can I have been told I have so, so many days to live. Can you help me? Now I have something to work on. First of all, it's the person in question who asks me who is willing to open up. If you ask for someone else, maybe that person is not willing to open up to help. It really is so. Yes, they may say, oh, yes, of course I want to get well. But once you really go deep down in the soul, not everyone is willing to get help. They simply have finished their lives. They are done with their lives. Nothing wrong with that. We are all here for a certain amount of time. But once you say, my name is so-and-so, and then I have a feeling I can actually put out my energy towards yours. And there are many people who have found help healing just that way because of that connection. It works not only in person, not only over the telephone, it also works over the Internet. Sounds weird, but I've had reports on that. I haven't charged for that. It's just, you know, it takes two minutes. Uh, sometimes people send me a note of gratitude afterwards, but, you know, I really feel it's so wonderful to read my email and just send out that healing energy to somebody out there. I get that question also. Why do you have this ability? How shall I believe in it when only you have this ability to heal? And I say, well, how can I believe in someone being good at music or writing music or writing good books when I don't have that ability? You know, we have all been given a certain kind of talent. And that talent is for you. And someone says, oh, I can only bake good cookies. Now, isn't that great? How many out there haven't started great business making cookies or whatever it is or making little whatever you are good at? You know, you can turn your hobby into a business. Nothing, Or you can turn your hobby into teaching someone how to do the same thing. If you don't want to market your cookies, well, market those nice cooking lessons you're going to give. And these are just uh, uh, get wandering off a little bit. 
But what I'm going back to saying is, if you have someone around you with a big problem, see if that person himself or herself could send me a note. And if they say, oh, I would never do that, I would rather die, uh, then it just shows that they are not willing to receive help from a different source of help. And then we all don't waste our time. It's their choice. It's not that I'm rude or anything. It's just, you know, I see what works. So let these people contact me. I had a, there was a doctor in, in um, Palm Beach, and his family had all come to me when they had had problems. They had uh, mentioned that I had open house office. That he could come to me any time, and he was diagnosed with some sickness that was going to kill him. And he said, no, I wouldn't go there. I wouldn't go there for anything. I'd rather die. So he died, and he died very quickly. But this was his choice again. So sometimes, you know, our intentions are so good with people that we love or when we have friends with children who really need help. It works basically quite good. It works really very well if a mother contacts me and I can work through her over to the child. I have so many cases where this has worked. And those children, you know, they haven't been harmed in any way. They've been helped in every way. And I I love doing that. It's so nice. But then they have to send with the name and the years, you know, the age of the child. And, of course, the parents have to believe in it. They have to be a good instrument to go through them to the child. So that, and... Uh, uh, it's, you know, there's so often also, and I make, had made a little extra note to that, saying here that so many times, you say, instead of telling me about people's names and so on, they keep on telling me all the medical conditions and all that's wrong and all the tests. You know, it doesn't serve any purpose for me. I want to know about the real person, not about the tests and the blood counts. Well, blood count is good to know. Uh, but um, all those tests and all the shots and everything else, it, it doesn't do God any good <laughs> to know that. God is working through, you know, to you anyway. Uh, and I'm not saying I'm God. I'm just channeling the wonderful information from a higher power. Then uh, we had several people who emailed me I had um, Ruth Crystal, they call her the Angel Lady. She was on in October, or was it? Let's see where I was. Angel Lady. Well, she was on, I think, October or November. And she, I asked her questions uh, about, um, well, I didn't actually ask her, she volunteered to give angels' names, and some people really want to know what their angels' names are. She also told me about my angels' names, and she said, you have three angels, and they are named, and she said, uh, you know, three English names, like Elizabeth and uh, what they were. And uh, so I had many comments on that, and people emailed me from other countries saying, how come the names were only English. 
they must angels must have other names too. I know my angel has doesn't have an English name. I know she doesn't have an English name. And then I'm saying, you're absolutely right out there. Now Ruth Crystal channels. You know she's English speaking, so she receives the English version of the name. If I would channel an angel's name. I would probably channel according to the person's name that is in front of me because I would know that person's language in front of me. I speak different languages and people come to me in various languages. So that would come to me. It's not that I would sit and invent those names, but when you channel, and anyone who channels a lot knows that this is so, that you channel according to the one you are. A man receives information that is perceived by his male brain. I perceive information that is received through my feminine or female brain. And a nun would receive information yet a different way from myself. Our brains are according to us. They are our brains. And we receive the universal information according to what fits in or filters through our particular brains. So that is the reason why Ruth Crystal, and I thought she was quite nice and good, that was why she could only give English names to you all. So it doesn't make her less believable. And also about Ruth Crystal, the angel lady from New Jersey in the United States of America. She, uh, I asked her at the very end who was going to win. I didn't ask that because that wouldn't have been the right uh, question, I think. But I asked her about something about the election, and she said, oh, it's going to drag on for months. Many people reacted to that, and they said, but, oh, no, Obama won right away. And these were people in other countries who reacted to that. What people in other countries didn't know or don't know is that the election in the United States is not only for president, it's for all kinds of seats in the Congress, in the Senate, and so on. So she was right. Yes, the president was picked right away, and there was no way one could avoid that because it was such a dramatic win. But we have still not picked the senators for a couple of states. I think Minnesota is still uh, dragging on not, uh, not knowing who they're going to pick because the election results were not clear. They were <laughs> how that could be that way. I don't know, but um, that's what it is. And I think we had a re-election in another state, also for the same reason that the results were not clear. So it is not settled yet, and we are now going into a new year soon. And they feel that it will not be until in the next year that we will get the results for those Senate seats. So there we go. And I'm very happy with the feedbacks. Please give me feedbacks. It's great. Somebody said also um, how much they enjoyed the happy man, Bryant Walt. 
and uh, she said, it's so nice to listen to someone who apparently is not trying to cultivate a special talent and say, I'm good at football, I'm good at that. He's just happy man. And it was very, very refreshing. So, Brian Walt, if you're listening to this show, someone said that it's very, very refreshing to have someone like you who just says, oh, I'm a happy man, I have a family, and I love it, and I have a mortgage, I love it, and I have my work, my job, and, you know, I'm happy with my my part in life. And I think I enjoy that. It's great to be a husband and, and uh, to, to, to be a father and to be out in the workplace. So we should, and he has a great message that way. When I met that happy man the first time, uh, and I said so in the show, he was sitting across from me at the table of 10 or so. He had an energy that went right through. There was no pretense that trying to say I'm a great speaker. It was just being himself. We are meant here. We are meant to be ourselves. That is the purpose for us. And someone had here a question, what is the purpose? And he said something, I don't understand my purpose here in this life. Why am I here? And the purpose is for us to be the best you are the best you can be. It's not that you should compare yourself and try to be the best singer if you're not a singer, to be the best healer if you don't have the healing talent, to be the best attorney if you're not the best attorney from the start. Just be a great human being, and that will lead you to somewhere much more. This about um, being uh, yourself is really, what it really, really means is to be in connection with your higher spiritual self. The way I have found it in my lifetime is that our purpose here is to be, to, to be connected to God, to use that connection for our highest good or for the highest good of our surrounding. And that is what we have missed out on in this lifetime, unfortunately. Uh, all of us, in a way, not all of us, I can say that, because so, so many out there really making a, a, a purpose of, of um, making their life a better life, also a better life for everyone else. I listened to Larry King's show a couple of nights ago, and we had Susan Summers on, and most of you in the Western world at least know Susan Summers. She was the star and is still the star of the reruns of Three's Company. And uh, she uh, is uh, very glamorous looking. She's now in her 60s, six O's. She is looking fantastic, absolutely fabulous. She was on Larry King a few years ago, uh, on Larry King's show a few years ago. She had cancer, breast cancer. And Larry King, I think, had collected all kinds of doctors who were telling her she had to do the medical treatment. 
she had denied that. She said, no, I'm going to do it my way, through diet, etc., and whatever else she did. And they said she was, this was a criminal act, and she couldn't do that, she was going to die, and she said, no, I believe in this. I've seen too many of my friends die through medication and through the medical treatments of cancer. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to give the other side a chance. And she did. And she recovered. She Now she's healthy, completely healthy. She looks 25 years younger than what she is. She is happy, and she looks, again, so harmonious. She said that she had, in this process, found out so much about the world, what's out there, about the diets and what we are doing to ourselves. She's written a book. I haven't had time to buy that book. But in that book, and you can go, I'm sure, to Amazon. I don't have Susan here, but if Susan listens to the show, Susan, I think you're doing a great thing. Because this is where it starts, really. It's the same when you grow things out there. You have to have a good soil, a good foundation for your plants. You have to have a good good environment for yourself to, to live in. So it starts with the soil. It starts with the diet. And we are not taking care of our diets. We have all these extra pesticides and everything on our fruit and our vegetables. It's, it's packed with that, and it goes into our system. I myself, of course, eating a lot of vegetables, but those vegetables are sprayed, and you didn't always get organic uh, vegetables and food. I realized after a while, I was uh, it was a couple of years ago, that I was getting so strange. My thoughts couldn't be put together properly, and, and I, I wasn't feeling up to par. I felt something was wrong with the balance, and of course, I am a medical intuit, so intuitive. So I went to someone to check on my blood, to the right person, and he said, or they found out, I was so packed with metal and mercury in my system, so it was a miracle I could be normal and uh, and be out there like everyone else. He said, you're off the chart. So we had to just get rid of those metals in my system. And for that, you need strong stuff. It doesn't help with the just little herbs that some people do. I really believe in the strong treatment. It was not that nice. You know, I went through almost depressions uh, temporarily. During the night, I would wake up and feel so low because that mercury came out of all the hidden places. Uh, and before it went out, it kind of hit me again. So I recommend people who feel that no one understands what's wrong with them, and particularly not the medical doctors. They don't know. Not everyone knows about this. Just have this mercury blood test. No, it's a urine test. I'm sorry. It's a urine test. And that is how you find out. The blood test is no good for mercury, I was told. No, it has to be the, the urine test. Do it, and it might just have made a change to your life. It did to mine. See, what else we have here? Angel lady, we said that, and um, we go on. 
I'm not at home, as you know. I'm I'm traveling, so I use not I'm not using my own computer this time. Not my own telephone, and my notes are on the other computer. Oh yes, and uh, we have. I wanted to announce that in the new year we have Pete Siegel from Hollywood, California. His physical therapist for the rich and the famous, for the famous really has worked with all the stars. He's been on Larry King's show many times. He's going to be on my show in the new year. We haven't made the date yet, but it's going to be soon. I also have somebody from the United Nations who is going to, in a panel, speak about the environment together with someone from Northern Europe and from Southern Europe. I have for Swedish listeners, of course it's going to be in English, I have Kerstin Unger, she's well known in Sweden, and she would be on my show to speak about what she is doing in Spain. And this shows how one person can change something. She has taken upon herself to to change the the environment in Spain. And she has started now already. So we're going to hear how this is working for her. Somebody is asking me here, what are uh, Cecilia? Cecilia in Sweden. She is asking me, what good advice can you give us for a healthy life? It shouldn't be too hard, and write that down if you can. I would say diet, thought, action, and your spiritual connection. So we can start with the diet. How oh, the diet? Begin to watch what you're eating. Begin to eat, to read what's on the back of the package. Begin to cut out the, I'm not saying sugar as much as those fake sugars, all those equals and sweet and lows and low-calorie sodas. They call them diet drinks here. In um, other countries they call them something else, but they are low-calorie sodas. Stay away from that, like from the plague. Also, particularly if those diet drinks come in a metal can and you leave a little bit of that overnight in the refrigerator and then you drink the rest of it the next day. It's pure poison, everything. Try not to eat canned food. Frozen food is great, particular vegetables. But you have to watch your diet and one problem with the diet is that the more you know about diets, the more complicated it turns into being. Unfortunately, there are so many types of diets. Anyone who wants to have a good diet from me, I have a great diet. It puts the balance back. If you also are too skinny, it builds up. If you're too heavy, it takes away. It actually takes away and distributes the, the, the body tissues in a better way. It's, um, you can send it if you email me. I will send it to you then via email. That's the number one, diet. Now your thought. What you think is very, very, very important because that turns into your attitudes and that turns into the energy you are sending out. The way you think is influencing your life because that's the energy, that's the law of attraction. It's that simple. 
You're walking around feeling angry, feeling, feeling poor. Don't feel poor. Feel rich. And someone says, it's easy to save when you don't have any money, you don't know how to pay your mortgage or your rent. Still feel rich. You are rich. You have your body. You have your eyes. You have your smile. Then these things come to you much more easily than if you would walk around feeling sorry for yourself. Please, your thought is very, very important. Then I said action. Action is how you move around. It's the steps you are taking to make a change. It's also your movement of your body. It's the exercise. I don't personally like exercise, but I walk. I walk four miles a day, maybe. Exercise for me is very, very important. So exercise. And when you walk, move your arms and and breathe. And I should, of course, put in breathing also in this, but I put that maybe under the heading of action. Then we have your spiritual connection. That is important. Most people don't feel that that spiritual connection is that important because they feel that physical body is more important. In a way, it is incredibly important how your physical import, your, your physical body, uh, uh, you know, you have to move for that. You have to do the exercise for your physical body. And for your physical body to be safe, you need, yeah, you need money, of course. So now, for you to have money, begin to condition your mind, begin to condition your whole inner self. We are not only the physical outer self. We are also the inner self, the dimensional self that is so important to to have that regulation between the physical outside and the spiritual inside because one is not without the other ever. You cannot just be in the spiritual and forget your your physical outside. We see that sometimes, that people who turn within and get into meditation and they get into spirituality, they forget the outside. And they almost believe it's good to be poor. No, it's not synonymous to be poor and and, and spiritual. They don't belong together at all. And I had a client over the telephone, a very educated physician who said something that he wanted to to develop his spiritual side a little bit more, but he didn't want to be poor. And I said, I'm not poor. You know, I really don't believe in poverty. And when you are spiritual, you just kind of send out those messages of riches, of wellness, of success, your spiritual connection will make you not only happy, it will also make you wealthy. You have to believe in it. But in you, if you walk around and believe that you should be poor or you shouldn't try to improve your wealth because you prefer to be spiritual, you know, they work together very well. Spirituality works together with, with medical treatment as well. 
spirituality doesn't work well together with with meanness. That is, uh, you know, or, or with crime or anything. But spirituality works very well with everything else. And now I have a dog here who <laughs> prefers to kind of bark, and maybe she agrees. Are you a spiritual dog, sis? Okay, okay. <laughs> so um, she, she does hear someone arriving downstairs, yes. So but you will have to listen to Ceci talking a little bit. And what is the biggest problem in the world? Someone has asked me also in the long email. I would say, if you know the Ten Commandments, and do you know the first commandments out of the Old Testament and the Bible? I think those commandments are wonderful, absolutely fantastic. And the first commandment is, you should have no other gods before me. Who says so? Who says so? Who says that? Says God. Says the universe. Says the light. And once you put that before the greed and the power games, it's amazing when you allow the light to shine in your life, how everything will fall into place. It really does. You will feel happy. You will be happy. Riches are coming to you. So this is the number one commandment in my life or in everyone's life. Just put the light first. Yes, of course, you have children, you have family. You have not a cause to put them first in your life. But in your life together, put that light in and it's important. So, so far I only have had my dog here as a guest, and, <laughs> and uh, that worked. But the problem in the world is that we, we follow the wrong gods. We follow the power, the, the greed, the power, and that is what's causing um, us in all this. And ignorance is the other thing. We follow the ignorance. And you understand so well uh, that ignorance is that you just watch beyond the horizon. When I say to someone, when they say something, whatever it is, and I say, well, you know, you are right. I don't agree because I feel what I'm saying is also right. They cannot believe that everyone is right. But you look according to your horizon. If you sit locked up in a house and all you see is those same walls around you, sometimes maybe some comes in through the door, but you, re- you refuse to just leave that house and you have those thoughts, the same thoughts all the time, and I would say this just symbolically now, this house is just your mindset. So if you just sit in that mindset all the time, and your thoughts then that are coming to you, it's right for according to where you are. Now, if you instead would walk up on a high mountain and you sit there on that high mountain, and I say it's warm and nice, <laughs> it's not a cold mountain, you sit in the warmth of the mountain and you look down below you and you see people down in various 
directions and in different countries and different cities, how they do things their way. And you look beyond that. You go far away from the cities and you go into the countryside. And you go beyond that towards the horizon in all four directions. Of course you get the broader horizon and understanding what's, what's going out. Different from the one who sits locked up in the room. And still the one in the room is the one who dictates out there what is right and what's wrong. The one in the locked up room is the one who points finger at you or at me or anyone else. And when he points his finger, he forgets so much that when one finger is pointing forward, well, the thumb is that at some kind of support, yes. But the other fingers are pointing back at him. And I would say, what is he doing with his life? And he should look into his life threefold instead of pointing finger at someone else. And that is what is ruling us, those who are pointing fingers at others. But the little wisdom of realizing that one finger is pointing out Why should you listen to that? And why should he say that that finger is right when the other three are pointing back at his own life? You are never out of, you know, you are never totally in the right. No one ever is. I feel we have uh, several uh, more. um, I'll finish off with one question here about uh, we had a numerologist of K. Lagerqvist on October October 6th. And listen to that program again uh, because it was so exciting about the numbers. And somebody here called Rhonda is asking me, what do you think yourself about numerology? And I say, I believe in it. I think it's a great thing. It's a wonderful thing because the work I'm doing in the healing and um, and medical intuition is actually a form of higher numbers, a form of higher mathematics. Sometimes when I look at people, I see like numbers. You know, it's like they're surrounded by little numbers, and those numbers are upside down and sideways, but they're numbers. So we consist of mathematics, and now the quant physics, the the higher science, there's also a higher form of mathematics. So mathematics is, is a great thing, actually. It doesn't mean that the form of mathematics that we are using is, you know, uh, uh, so spiritual, but it's once you come up in the higher numbers, that is very, very spiritual. So I'm very much into numerology, and I feel also it fits in. Many people, you know, we live in life cycles and they talk about that. We talk about this in the in the program on October 6th, which is in the archives. You can listen to that again and download it. That when people come to me for problems, they are usually number five life cycle or they're number nine life cycle or they are in number one life cycle. The others seem to be sorted out. <laughs> And also, once you're looking in the archives, go back to October 28th when we talked about food and what is happening to the food that we are eating. It was a very, very interesting program. I think it's worthwhile listening to. 
all the programs I was uh, while listening to. And I like the secret, the, not the secret, the sacred sites of uh, last week. But I love all programs that we have. So I'm very grateful for everyone who comes on and will talk about that particular trade. Now we will finish off with a little meditation. And Ceci here, the doggy, I hope you're not going to talk during the show. <laughs> so we will begin to relax and we're going to do a healing meditation. And I wish you a very, very happy holiday, a happy Christmas. And I should start with that. Today is December 23rd. We are in my household going to get ready for Christmas, and we have to run off now and get ready in every way, getting the food and baking the food and cooking the food. But, you know, Christmas and all other holidays that we are celebrating now, Hanukkah is also celebrated by many in this country uh, this particular week. And it's all in your heart. It's not necessarily giving of the presence. It's in your heart. It begins in your heart. And I have a Santa Claus doll, and when you press his hands, and he said, Christmas begins in your heart. And I think this is what we shall all begin to feel right now. Begin to feel a connection with your heart. And feel that within you there is a place that knows all and sees all. You are so relaxed now. So very, very relaxed. Your feet are resting on the floor. And your legs and your feet are so relaxed. And the feeling of relaxation is going through your whole body. You are so relaxed now, so very, very relaxed, and so at ease, so very, very much at ease. And when your feeling of relaxation is coming up to your shoulders, you stretch your shoulders and get those nicks out of your neck and, and arms, and you just move your arms a little bit. And now you take a deep breath. You are so relaxed. So very, very relaxed. And you feel that way up high. Have a connection. And that connection to that something, whatever it is, way up high. That is the light. That light way up high above you is now beginning to shine. And the light is shining down over you. You receive this light. And the light is so strong. It's so loving. You are so relaxed now. That light is coming down over Stretch your arm, or both arms, way up high. You take that light from way up high and pull it over. You brush off your head, the top of your head, and you brush off your shoulder. You are so relaxed now. 
so very, very relaxed, you take a deep breath, and now you begin to love that feeling of the light within your chest. That feeling of the light is spreading from your chest out in your arms, down in your physical way through your stomach, where it throws out all and everything that does not belong. And now the light is continuing through your legs. And more and more and more light is shining over you. You love that light. You love the light. And you take a deep breath. And should you have a part in your body, a place in your body that needs a little bit more light. You stretch your arms up towards the light way up high above you and bring down a big chunk of that light over to your place, that place in your body that needs this attention of the love and the light. And now you brush off that place where it hurts. And you just say, clear, clear, go away. And you feel that it works so well. You are so at ease now. And you feel a relaxing power taking over your body. And how your whole body is now changing and is getting clearer and clearer of all and any darkness that has been there before. You love this light. You love you. Yes, you truly, truly love you and the one you are. And you're so relaxed. So very, very relaxed now. And suddenly, you just know that the light is with you to stay. You just know that this is so. Yes, the light is your friend. The light is your very, very best friend. And that light is now spreading from way up high, all over your body. And your body is so much in the light. You are now so powerful in the light and you're sending that light all around you. It swirls around you. You love the light. You love you. You love your light. And you feel this light is going to stay with you from now on. It's going to stay with you throughout Christmas. And you're going to connect with the light throughout this holiday season. And this light is going to keep you company. It's going to be with you. It's going to stay with you. I love the light. And that light is with you. It's with you. And you love the light. You love the light. 
and you smiled because the light has now found its way to you. It's staying with you. And now you brush off anything that doesn't belong, that has now been thrown out of your system through the light. And you're so at ease now. You love the one you are. You love you. You love your life. You love everything about your life. You are this very moment making a choice to be well, to be healthy, to be absolutely in the light and nothing of the darkness can take over your life ever, ever again. You are rich. And now you begin to feel how riches are coming your way. You love it. You feel that your pockets are filling up with riches of all kinds, of happiness, of a good attitude. And now in front of you, you see like a ball of light. You walk up to this ball of light and you touch it and suddenly you jump into that ball of light and you are now going to remain in this ball of light and be protected and be healthy and be well. And now you smile because you have found the truth about you. You have found that the light is your very, very best friend. Yes, you found that the light is your very best friend. And you love that. You smile. You are happy. And now you decide to begin to watch the little things in life. And if you have a candle, you light the candle, and you smile. And you do that after the show. You stay with the candle and send out a message of love from you and to yourself. And just decide that you are worthwhile. You are special. You are a worthwhile person to be friendly with the light and to have the light as your very, very best friend. I thank you so much for today. And have a wonderful holiday time. Have a wonderful Christmas. If you are alone, enjoy yourself. Enjoy your company. Light candles. Decorate a table. And buy yourself something nice if you can. Or just write yourself a card and tell yourself that you are loved. You are loved. And this is again Helena Steiner-Hornstein talking to you from the high cold north. I could call it the North Pole. <laughs> and that I'm here with Santa Claus and that we all out here believe in the good things of the world. You can go to my website, www.speakingtoyourheart.com or Body Soul Connection or faith healing, faith 
hyphen or faith-healing.com. I will not be with you next week. You will have to listen to this show one more time. But I will be back with you in the new year. Thank you so much for being good listeners this year. I'm so grateful for you all that you have been with me. And send in questions. I'd love to hear from you. Again, this is Helena sending you a message of peace and love. Bye-bye.